What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Bobby Hill Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Bobby, how's it going, sir? Uh, yeah, my name's Adam Graham. I've been watching a lot of the King of the Hill. That's why I call so you Bobby. That yeah. that is fair. Yeah. Uh, I want to start the show off with a question for you, Graham. Uh. What are your thoughts on walk-up songs? So, before you answer, let me explain myself fully. Sure. In the car today, on the way back from disc golf, listening to 97 One the River, Crazy Train comes on. What do you think when you hear Crazy Chipper Train? Jones. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think is beautiful. Like That's what you should want out of a walk-up song, is that that song is played and your fans think about you. Yes. I feel like a, a lot of kids these days in the major leagues... They're switching their song up like every week or so, you know, and I think you should just like get one banger and stick to it. Well, I think it's okay to search initially, right? When you're first coming up and being like, what's the right song for me? And then once you find that song, you you, you stick with it. But like even with like Kenley Jansen, like he comes to Atlanta and he switches his song to Welcome to Atlanta. That's fine. His is more thoughtful, I think, Adam, in the sense that he's like representing where he is, who he's playing for, you know, California Love and then Welcome to Atlanta. So I, I get that. It's a little different, I think. But, you know, what's Craig Kimbrell's new uh, walk up music when he comes in? Is it still Welcome to the Jungle or is it? I have no idea. We have no idea. Yeah. But I agree. Batters, we see them four or five times a game. Relief pitcher, you might not see that night. So it's like, yeah, I am, I am in agreement in the sense that no one has a really identifiable. Like when that song comes on, it strikes fear into your heart kind of thing or it gets you pumped up. I think Austin Riley does the the Stone Cold Steve Austin, like the same entrance that Stone Cold used to yeah. walk out to, which is pretty cool. And I think he does that every time. So I'd imagine he sticks with that for a while. But um, it's just not as memorable. Like, that's like the only one I can remember. Can you like think back like way back in the day too? like other than Chipper when we were growing up? Did anyone have like this identifiable thing where you're like, oh, yeah. Raphael for call had... I don't know who it was, but it was just a very Latin flair song that right. I always play, and I can kind of picture it in okay. my head right now. But uh, yeah, no, it's n- nothing like Crazy Train. Yeah, like, like Crazy, Crazy Train just gets that's you. That's just sick. Yeah. Like, you can't beat that. Yeah. Now batting. Yeah. Number 10. Chipper Jones. Yeah, that's just like, you know. It's iconic. Yes. Truly iconic. But, yeah, I mean, I think that should be the goal is to just, you know, find a sick song and stick with it for a 15-year major league career. I like that, Adam. I'm in full agreement with you. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of disagreements in this show about the current state of some things. Yeah, our, our first place – well, not first place, second place baseball team that's been playing great. I'm, I, I can't imagine what you could be upset about, but I'm sure there's things, Grams. I'm not the only one. Grams? Grams, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, there's there's just a couple of things. Nothing's perfect, Adam. Well, do so, you want to start with the positives? Maybe give people the recap of what's happened in the last two weeks? Uh, the first thing I want to do, Adam, before we continue, uh, we lost a fellow man on the mic over the last uh, couple of weeks. Casey Motter, the Braves PA announcer. Um, he had been the Braves PA announcer since 2006. Unfortunately, died in his sleep. Um, so that was sad. And, um, you know, it's, it's not something you think about, right? He's like an offensive lineman, does, uh, does his job, does it well, you don't really think about him. Sure. But it was weird because I went to the first game, I went to the July 4th game without him, and the guy who replaced him, you know, did a fine job, but I was like, oh, it doesn't have like the, I don't know, Casey had a warmth to his voice that was just very inviting. Very booming. Very booming. So I think we should take a, uh, 
little little radio silence for Casey in honor of Casey. Fellow man on the mic. Obviously much more impactful than we'll ever hope to be in our lives, but sure. re- respect Casey. Okay. Got discovered by Frank Wren at a yeah. Pee Wee football game. Pretty wild. And he's like, yeah, come come do this for the Braves. Yeah. But um yeah, it was weird not having him in the uh in the stadium that night. They did a nice moment of silence and some tributes to him um before the game started. So it was just on the top of my mind for some reason. I was like, Oh yeah, we've got all this stuff to talk about and I was like, Well, there's we'd be remiss uh if we didn't miss mention old uh Casey Motter. So anyway, let's get into Braves talk, Adam. Sounds good. Um off the serious subjects. Uh Braves are still kicking ass, man. Haven't lost a series since uh the Dodgers series. Couple weeks what was that three weeks ago now? Yeah, so pretty good ball club we got. Yeah, took three or four from St. Louis. Could have easily swept them for a fourth game if it wasn't for that damn center fielder who made that amazing catch on Michael Harris's hit. Um, I tell you what, though, yeah. extra inning games—that's just not for us. I hate them. I we've talked about we've why discussed they suck. this a million times. Yeah. I think in the playoffs they don't do the runner on second. They don't, and thank God they which don't. which is good because we can, we can win a straight up game. But it's, it's a gimmicky bullshit little league rule. It puts immediate pressure on the pitcher. The pitcher doesn't deserve that. They have to go immediately into the stretch. In fairness, relievers should be able to come into like you know sketchy situations and get out of jams. Yeah, but it still just gives the offense such a drastic advantage. It almost puts more pressure on the offense as well because like for you think, us, definitely, it's like oh, I got to get this guy over. We got to get him in, yeah. or we're screwed. You know, yeah, right? Uh, but yeah, anytime we go to extra innings, I pretty much like if it's kind of late on a work night, I'm like, eh, probably not going to pull this one out. No. I think I can call it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's how it worked out against St. Louis, but it's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. Take, taking three out of four against what everyone says is a really good baseball team. Yeah. And the Cardinals is, you know, they have like you're two, not going to be upset with that. They have two really good players in Goldschmidt and Arenado, but the rest of their lineup's kind of like you're looking at it. And it's just like, man, eh, it's nothing to really write home about. I don't, I still don't think that this Braves team has lost more than three games in a row. Or have we not even lost three games in we a row? We have not lost three games in a row. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Even when we went through the stretch where we were below 500, we never got swept. That's crazy. And now we're in, what, July 9th, something like that? Yep. I mean, it's just a consistent team. And this, yeah. this lineup is just so deep now. The lineup is doing well. And the, the thing that was really impressive, too, is going on this run. Like, Acuna had been really scuffling. Like, his OPS was like, it was dropped to, like, 757. Average dropped like 270 and still just kept winning, even with him struggling. He sort of busted out a little bit last night, did a home run. Then he got another base he was hit fired as well. up after hitting that home run, too. Yeah. You can just like see the relief. Yeah. And so that's good news. But that's why I love about what this team is doing right now is that like different guys are stepping up. We're not relying on Acuna to carry us. Um, and we don't need to. You got, you know, Matt Olson's playing together a really nice stretch right now. Yeah, he's doing really well. Yeah, Michael Harris has been unfreaking believable. Um, four for four last night with the one of the biggest home runs I've seen ever hit at Truist Park. He's already got seven homers. Had another huge home run in that loss against the Cardinals. It's like opposite field, 434-foot shot. Um, you know, we can't say enough about this kid. I mean, he youngest player in baseball. He looks like he's been playing for 15 years, and he's like in his prime and just – destroying anyone who faces him we say that every, every single time we podcast now it's like when he got called up that's when everything just turned around for this team like, yeah and we were just like yeah hopefully he'll be a good glove like i hear he's got some pop but we're not expecting much out of him right. and 
it's just been unbelievable. Yeah. And I, I know you disagree with keeping him in the nine hole still. Well, he's but doing it's like, so it's well. working. And, it's and, working, and, yeah. and having him, he's basically, I guess Acuna's protecting him, you know? He's probably getting better pitches because Acuna's next, you know? No, for sure. I mean, there is there is a method behind the madness. Like, it was initially, I think it was because, you know, we didn't know anything about him. Let's put him in the nine hole, no pressure. Now it's like it actually kind of generates a decent amount of offense. I mean, he had 16 RBI in June. Yeah. So he's he's doing the job, and the bottom of the line is doing a good job getting on base. But he's coming through and driving people in. So, but I said, just he's the youngest, like you said, the youngest player in the majors. Let's not pr- put any undue pressure on him. Yeah, like, maybe don't mess with what's working. Sure. Okay. But I'm also at the same time. It's like a guy who's you know his June was 347 average and a 574 slugging percentage. Like I'd like to see him get more at bats, but it's also like you're right. He's young. You don't want to mess with what's working. So maybe just keep it going. But I wouldn't be upset if they're like Michael Harris is going to hit fifth tonight, sixth tonight, move him up a little bit. I wouldn't be upset with that. But also, like you're right, maybe you don't want to screw with what's working. I don't right. know. Yeah, I think I think they've kind of learned, you know, the long lesson from Dansby and just putting all the pressure on him and like, you know, going way back to Frank Core and the slumps that I keep referencing Jason Hayward. Jason Hayward, Austin Riley's slumps after he got called up and it was so hot and yeah. then like just fell off the face of the earth. And like we're well beyond that point with Michael Harris where Austin Riley dropped off. So I think this team has learned like let's not put too much pressure on these kids. They're kids still. Yeah. Like, there's so much to learn in the majors, so yeah. many adjustments to make. And by all accounts, it seems like Michael Harris is making those adjustments because there's there's enough like tape on him at this point to where the pitchers kind of like know his deal yeah i think there is you probably would, you would think yeah i think there is probably a slump coming at some point it's just never everybody goes through it the best players in baseball go through it he's not going to keep doing what he's doing right now but and you know what we don't really know what's going to happen next year year after that we, we have no idea it's like like you talked about Francoeur. everyone thought he was going to be the next chipper jones jason hayward everyone thought he was going to you know be the face of the franchise for 15 years um, you know, after that rookie season, it was always an up and down battle with Jason. He got so many big contracts too, like from the Cardinals, yeah, the um, Cubbies, it's, yeah, it's wild. But he, he's had such an up and down career. Um, so yeah, Michael Harris has only had like a hundred and I don't know thirty at bats, thirty five at bats, something like that. So it's like as much as we love him right now, and we should. You know, there's a lot of baseball that we played this year and in his career. So it's not like we should anoint him. You know. But people were talking about like he's better than Acuna. Like I see all this crazy stuff on Twitter. Are like people saying like that? fans, fans, you know, like yeah. you know, any moron like you or me with a Twitter handle saying stuff like that. And it's like let's, let's slow down. Like Ronald Acuna has established himself as one of the top players in baseball, even though he is going through a little bit of a slump right now. Michael Harris has been playing for two months, one hundred and thirty something at bats. Like let's, let's just slow down. He's doing great, absolutely great. But let's not anoint him the next great thing yet. It is crazy, though, just to, like, continue to give Anthopolis all the credit in the world. Like, now look at the the Matt Olson trade. Okay. The names in that trade. Pache. Yeah, Shea Langoliers. With Pache, we knew we had Michael Harris. Right. Obvious upgrade. Shea Langoliers, like, he could be a stud, but we have the catcher of the future. Yeah, and Contreras. And Contreras. Yeah. So there were two pitchers traded as well. Like, who knows what you're getting out of those. But it's like... To get a first baseman for the next eight years, yeah, and like very two of the big names, player. like yeah. we already have replacements for. Mm-hmm. 
Classic Anthopolis. Yeah, and this, yeah, to him and the scouting department, um, also to, for the scouting department to have an Anthopolis to have the, you know, the gumption, the gall to say, Michael Harris has played like 50 games above single A, but fuck it, he's ready. Like, let's do it. Yeah. It reminds me of like Andrelton Simmons. When we called up Simmons, he'd only been in double A for like around the same time and he came up and just took the league by storm. I, I, I think Dave O'Brien did an article about it. He's like one of the scouts in our minor leagues, like just like kept calling Anthopolis and was like, mm-hmm. he's ready. Yeah. He's ready. You just got to do it like yeah. every single day. And then mm-hmm. finally Anthopolis was like, okay. Yeah. I can't watch Azuna out there. <laughs> Azuna and Arcia. Dude, Azuna. Poor Duvall having to run everywhere. Yeah. Like it's, this was, it, it's a, it's a move that honestly saved the season because if we still had the same lineup right now, we would not be – we would be maybe 500. Because the de- he just makes such a huge – like, his offense is unreal. But the the defense, the amount of ground he covers, the amount of runs he has saved, has just been unfreaking believable. Like, my God. Um, that ain't going away. I don't know about the offense is going to be as good as it is now. The defense ain't going nowhere, man. This this guy's elite. Yeah. And, and now we officially have – Mr. NLCS back as well, Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario returned. He returned this past. He's still hitting like 108, but you know. But he was hitting like 043 when he yeah. came back. It's going to take some time. He hit his first home run. Yes. A couple nights ago. You know, that felt awesome. Yeah, he got a him. hit um, the night we went to the game, the July 4th game as well, which was his first game back. And, and it was he, also great. The, the crowd gave him a big reception when he came back. And then when he was he was down 1-2 in the count in his first at bat, and we all started doing the Eddie chant. Just out of nowhere, people just started doing it. Like, it was an yeah. October game. It was fantastic. He swung horribly at a pitch in the dirt, but it was still great. Like, the energy was there. Yeah. And then he got ahead his next at bat, I mean, and he, it was like, it's great to have Eddie back. He's an October hero for us. Yeah. Like, he got us to the World Series. Yeah, no matter what. Like, Tyler Matzik and Eddie Rosario could suck for the rest of their lives, but they are legends in Atlanta forever. Hell yeah. It's like Sid Bring. Wasn't yes. actually that good of a player. No. But we're going to remember them forever. Right. Uh, you know, Mark Lemke wasn't the greatest player in the world, but postseason hero time and time again sure sure so it's good to have him back i think it seems like we're seeing a bit of a platoon with him and duvall i like that because that plays you know rosario crushes right-handed pitching um duvall crushes left-handed pitching so i think it's a great idea rosario's defense isn't as good as duvall's i would say but you don't lose like that much it's not like putting ozuna out there no and now ozuna can Full time go back to being the DH, which is where he's the most comfortable. Yeah, I mean those games. I don't know if it was last week or the week before where he was uh, running for balls <laughs> and diving for them instead of just getting it's in like front of them. Back to back nights, and then he yeah, back to back nights, and he missed them, and they rolled the wall or, or rolled really far behind him. And it's like you don't need to be doing that. And he scampers after it like some drunk panda or something, just like chasing it. Like like if he ta- if he runs a little faster, he's just going to topple over. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like I honestly think, and I don't say this lightly, and I realize that he's a major league baseball player, and you know, I didn't play past being like 14 years old, <laughs> but I think I have a better arm than Ozuna. You might have better range in the outfield as well. But you're pretty you're pretty fit guy. I, I think give give me like a solid week working with the Braves. Like outfield coach, yeah. I don't know who the Ron Washington is for the outfield, 
I think it's EY. Because it's, t- it's tough to gauge fly balls. Like It's that, really hard. That's going to take me a couple weeks to like kind of get into the mindset of, yeah. but I think I could be a better outfielder yeah. than Ozuna. You would at least know that you shouldn't be diving. You know your limitations. A man has to know his limitations. I mean, I'd be nervous. That'd be the, that'd be the kicker. That would be the other thing. Like, but, I'm, I'm not used to playing like in front of anybody, right. much, much less 30 to 42,000 yeah. raucous fans. But you would know not to dive for a ball if that's not your game. If you're not like some elite defender. I, like, oh, no, I keep it in front of me. I go down to one knee. Yes. Like Coach K taught us at Emory Baseball Camp. Right. right. Um, you know, just keep that thing in front of me. If it bounces off my chest, Big that's deal. okay. Yeah, like you can pick it up and throw it in. Exactly. If it gets past you, it's like... Hold him to a single. Yeah, it's open season. Singles don't kill you. Yeah. So, but I mean, Ozuna's been playing a little better too offensively. Um, drawing a little bit more walks. It's up to 17 homers now. He's getting some other hits too, which is nice. He's not just like hitting a home run every once in a while. Yeah. He's getting a couple of singles, a couple of doubles. Some timely hits. Yeah, some timely hits. Had so. a chance to win the game the other night um, against St. Louis that we lost. Yeah, but that's but, all right. Yeah, um, but you got to feel good about where the Braves are at right now. But Adam, I know you've been out of town. You've been watching the Braves. We're going to get into your favorite discussion about Will Smith. Um, it's been rough, rough sledding for Will Smith recently, Adam. He's allowing a lot of people on base. He's getting out of it. His ERA is still three two three, which looks great. It does. But his FIP, fielding independent pitching, which, once again, takes into account the things a pitcher can control, walks, strikes, and home runs, is 4.71, which is one of the worst marks in the, uh, on, the, on the bullpen. For comparison's sake, Kenley Jensen has a 2.15, and your friend Dylan Lee has a 3.22. So Will Smith, the things he can control... He's not doing a really good job with it right now. Yeah, you got bailed out in the uh, one of the Cincinnati games, loaded the bases, walked two guys, gave up a base hit, almost gave up a grand slam. It was just right, you know. It's like little things. It's like if it's just like an inch away from like sort of going into oblivion as Will Smith. I feel like every time he comes out there, always allows a bunch of runners on. Sometimes, most of the time, he's getting out of it though. It's a weird thing with him. He does get out of it. He does bear down. But it's like, how long is this going to last? I know we had the same conversation last year. And he sucked last year for a good month and a half, but he figured it out in September and made it happen. So I'm not ready to say, fuck Will Smith, like a lot of people out are. But I have to bring up that he's not doing a good job right now, and it is concerning as we're in July. But that's not to say he can't figure it out. It's just like we're seeing a pattern here. And I feel like if you play in the dirt long enough, you're going to get dirty. And, you know, it's scary to me. The only pattern I see, Graham, is that he scares people like you during the regular season and then turns it on when it really matters and is like puts up one of the most dominant postseason um, you know, runs that a reliever pitcher has ever had. Can we have that again though? Can so, it happen again? Well, you're saying it's the trend, so that was the trend last that was year. The trend so last th- year. That's what we're trending towards this year as well. Maybe. He gets out of jams, he puts people on, gets out of it most of the time. But you don't want to really You're gonna blow a couple games. You know, Kenley Jance has been blowing games. Yeah, but I'm just saying the things Kinley can control. Two one five versus four seven one. Kinley's controlling the things he can control. Well, you know, Dylan yeah. Lee's controlling the things he can control. ERA, Will Smith is not. ERA is still acceptable. It's acceptable, but it's like God, he's that, getting. That's got to be the most important pitching system. Absolutely no. not. No, I don't think so. I really value FIP a lot because it tells me because you can get bailed out, right? Like Will Smith got bailed out a ton last year, and Jack Peterson made that incredible catch against the wall when it could have been a bases clearing. Triple that would have won the game for uh, I can't remember who we were playing last year, but there's just multiple times where like balls are laced off Will Smith and they just go right to somebody. It's like he gets he gets lucky, man. 
He's he's a lucky dude. Um, but I guess credit where credit's due. At the end of the day, he is getting out of it. It's just like, and at the end of the day, he's gonna like he's supposed to be our like seventh inning guy. You know, I know, but I can't I can't trust that dude, man. He didn't trust Luke Jackson last year either, and he was a stud. Luke Jackson did a great job. Luke Jackson didn't have as good of a track record as Will Smith has throughout his career, though. Like we were discussing last night, I'm not looking to re-sign Will Smith. You let him walk? I mean, if he'll take like a one-year deal, probably bring him back. He's been a valuable guy to have, but we're not giving him a multi-year. Was he on like a $50 million contract currently, you know? Yeah, it was a, it was a lot. $40 million, something like that. But uh, anyways, yeah, he it is what it is. I'm, I'm glad he's on our team right now as we when Matzik was out and Jansen was out. The bullpen I think we need to add to at the deadline. Kenley Jansen has the heart issue. He's still not back yet. We talked about it on the last show that, you know, this is something that's been going on and off of him for the last 10, 11 years. He's due to be back first day he's available, though. Yes, he is. But you don't know what's going to happen, right? You don't know what's going to happen with him. Matzik has only had two appearances. We don't know what we're going to get from him at this point. Will Smith is a heart attack every time he goes out on the freaking field. Um, you know, he's only had like one clean in in the last like two weeks. So we need to strengthen the bullpen. Even though the bullpen has been overall an amazing asset for us. I think the best bullpen in the league, right? Yeah, but I would say because of because you know it's concerning about like what Matzik is, what Will Smith is. Well, you know, what are we going to get from Jansen in terms of his health? It's like, I think we just need to bulk that up a little bit, get a couple pieces at the deadline, I think would be nice. I don't think we really need anything else. I just I just want to solidify that bullpen. You can never have enough arms. Dylan Lee could get injured. You know, who knows, right? Kirby Yates coming back, baby. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Like, there's a lot of things up in the air. Right? I think every, I mean, every, every contender is going to try to get a bullpen. Right? Of course. Um, it just depends on, like, what do we have left in the farm system to get a bullpen arm that's that's valuable it's like are we willing to part with you know drew waters are we willing to part with um anyone else of that ilk right that's in our system a, a kyle muller um which i think would be a mistake probably considering how well he's pitching right not now for in AAA. Rental. yeah not for a rental um even for a bullpen guy that's going into you know that had multiple years of team control it'd still be concerning to give up um i don't know kyle muller playing the nationals adam they're terrible. They're the worst team in the National League. We should be able to take care of them. We should be able to win this game. At least today. win the series. Win the series. That's all. We, that's what we've been doing, right? Just keep winning the series. The big thing that's coming up, Mets series next week. That's a good, That's going to be a juicy series. Yeah, three-game series in Atlanta starting on Monday. Um, we are two and a half, as of this recording, July 9th, we are two and a half games behind the New York Mets. And it seems like every time we get to two and a half, we lose and they win. We get back, gets back to three and a half, and then we win. Each win a couple games, then they lose and we win. And and they, it's been this ping pong match. They, they got Scherzer back now. They do have Scherzer. Is Degrom actually ever coming back? No idea. <clears throat> but their offense just isn't great. No, no, they don't have like they don't hit a lot of home runs, and that's something that you know we we have had. We still continue to have a little bit of the runners in scoring position issue. Uh, went one for fourteen in that game, the last Cardinals game this week. And it happens every once in a while. But we hit for power, man. We hit a lot of bombs, and we generate offense. Like, the Mets are a small ball team that are, you know, bolstered by Pete Alonzo. So, I, you know, I really, really, really am looking forward to this series next week because, like, I feel like the last time we played them, we split with them when we, we still sucked. Not sucked, but we were, you know, sort of 
treading water. Now we're, you know, we're in the boat now. You just want to stomp on them? Yeah, we're going like 100 miles an hour. Let's so stomp it's like, on like, them, like, let's just crush them, man. You know what the pitching matchups we have are? I think Freed's supposed to pitch once. Adam, you're exactly right. Freed, Strider, Morton. Freed faces off against Scherzer on Monday. Woo-hoo. That'll be a game. And this is at home, right? At home. So that's going to be three sellouts. Yeah, Strider versus Peterson, Morton versus Bassett. That Freed Scherzer, that's must must watch TV. That's awesome. Yeah. Any of the, oh, I'm, I'm sure ESPN's picking up a couple of those. Uh, FS1 has the Monday game. <clears throat> FS1? Yeah. Gross. I would expect ESPN to get the Wednesday. Oh, the Wednesday game's at 1220, so it makes uh, sense. Oh, businessman special. Yeah. No, that, that'll be, I mean, let's elite, we got to take two out of three. That would be That would be huge. That'd be huge because uh, the last, I believe the last series we have before the All-Star break is playing Washington again. And then um, we play the Mets something like 13 times in the second half of the year. Wow. So it's like, that's where the East will be won or lost. will be against those, those guys. It's really going to come down to head-to-head. My prediction, I believe on like June 10th, I tweeted at someone, like some New York Mets post that the Braves will be in first place by the All-Star break. So we... I mean, sweeping the series would really make that possible. We, we don't really sweep anybody, though. True. But, I mean, three out of four, that's damn close to a sweep. It's pretty much a sweep. Yeah. It's a gentleman's sweep. Sure. But that'd be sweet. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they win the shirt. Although, Max Fried is, like, legitimately one of the best pitchers in the league right now. Oh, yeah. And he's been, really, for the last two Three seasons at this point. But he's just like, he's gotten better. Like, he's added that slider. He's added that changeup. Like, he's just evolved. His his um, his fastball seems to be, has more life to it. and has a little bit more velocity. Like, he's able to ramp up, like, consistently. He can touch to like 100 98, if he needs to, but, but he knows he doesn't need to pitch there. Right. But when he needs to, he will do it. Right. Like, it used to be a thing where it's like, when Max would do that, it was like he was overthrowing or whatever. Now it's like, he is in his prime. This is a pitcher. This, he might be the best pitcher we've had since Tim Hudson, maybe even longer than that. Like, Huddy was great, Not, but, like, I think Freed's raw stuff is better. The sheer dominance, though. No, I'm like, yeah. I, we're going back to Smoltz, Glavin, or Maddox. Ooh, that's, that's uh, interesting. He might be one of the better For this ones. long? Like, he is just dominant. Like, an absolute stud. Yeah. No, he's been, he's he, been amazing. And he's going to get himself... And, I would almost let me put this hot take out there, Graham. I'm glad you have a take, Adam. No, I've got a take. It doesn't happen very often. I would be more upset if we lost Max Freed to free agency than I am about us losing Freddie Freeman. I think that's somewhat fair because ace pitchers aren't just like laying around. Not to say Freddie Freemans are laying around either. But to have a guy that's that dominant that can lead you in the postseason, that's a that's postseason champion. Um, you know, it's like we could re- we replace Freddie Freeman. Like Olsen hasn't had as good a year as Freddie, but you know, it, it can't be He's done. been replaced. He's been replaced and uh Olsen's, well. Olsen's doing an above average job. Um Max Freed, I don't know who you could slide in here and be like, Yeah, this guy can take over for Max Freed. So I, I won't disagree with you. Like even like there's these dumb rumors going around about us bringing in uh DeGrom. I don't want to do that. He's, 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 he's going to get hurt. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's an injury case at this point. I don't, like, f- give me Max Freed over Jacob DeGrom I any think, day of the week. I think the only reason I want Jacob DeGrom is if I wanted to donate his body to science. Like, uh, figure out why he gets hurt so often. Sure. But that's not something I'm really interested in as a starting pitcher. I mean, the only reason I would want him is just to, like, 
a big f you to the Mets fans. Out yeah, there. like if he could stay healthy, then great. But like, mm-hmm. I don't. Last two seasons, let's just put him on ice until September, right? Let and him then, get warmed then up then in September, fallen. and then pitch in yeah, October. Exactly. That might that probably be the play. Yeah, because like, man, he gets hurt. Like last two years, man. I mean, I think he only made like 15 starts last year. I mean, he was unreal when he did start, but it's it's just and he's missed most of the season, if not all of it. So that's just showing me it's like he ain't getting any younger. Well, I don't so. think he, I don't think he's a guy like like with like we're just saying with Max, like he can throw 100 if he needs to, but he doesn't. And Degrom doesn't have that like you know let's throw it at 94, 95. Yeah, but Degrom has been like one of the better pitch like he, like when he's healthy. I don't think anyone's better than Degrom. I think he's. Top shelf, like the top of the shelf. But yeah, he's also throwing 101 miles an hour and can't stay healthy. So yeah, that's a problem. You got to learn how to pitch, not just throw. Well, I think he knows how to pitch, but his body's breaking down. So it's a, uh, I don't, I am not interested in bringing a ground, especially because it would be a huge deal. I mean, this guy's had such a great career. Um, he, he's going to command an absolutely massive deal on the open market. How are we going to work all this out, though, financially? I, I mean, uh, depending on how high we're willing to take this payroll, but we, we got Freed, we got Austin Riley. Dansby. We got Dansby, potentially. like Your boy Will Smith. I mean, that's that's not the same Kenley thing. Kenley Jansen. Not the same thing. No, but those three, yeah, it's those like— Those three young guys, like, are we going to lock them all in? We and, should. And, and then we're, I mean, and then we're going to get into— like small guy, like AJ Minter is going to have to get paid eventually. Dude, Minter is so freaking good. I know we talk about him a lot, but like he's. I mean, we we, we have a window right now. We do have a window that we could potentially. These windows can close. Yes, they can close very fast. You got to pay people. Yeah, and so our farm system is like it's depleted. Yeah. So my thing would be, there is absolutely no excuse for the Braves not to bring all three of these guys back with the amount of money that they are pulling in. They are almost selling out every game. They have sold out tons of games. The battery is popping. I've gone to like five or six games this year. Every time I go, and I've gone on Tuesday nights. I've gone on Wednesday nights. I've gone on nights historically where there's not a lot of people that go to the game and get 20,000. It's like it's at least 33,000, if not more, every time I go. There is no excuse for them not to spend on these players. Absolutely none. Um, and they're not going to command the amount of salary that you know Freddie Freeman's going to command. Max Freed might try, but I don't think he's going to get something that big. But none of them are going to command that sort of sort of deal um, with their career. So now, like I would be talking to the, all their agents now and be like, "What can we do to lock up these guys for the next five, six, seven years right now to solidify this core and keep trying to win championships?" There's Anthopolis has to be on the horn. I yeah. hope he is. Uh, and let's get some more Acuna slash Aussie deals. Like maybe talk to Kyle Wright now. Like he's been good for half a season, but let's lock him in. I would wait a year on Kyle Wright. Oh, you want so his stock goes up? Let's just see. I'm just talking like five years, uh, $35 million. I think he would want more than that. Um, but you never know. It's I mean, a guarantee. Guaranteed money right now. Guaranteed. Life-changing you could money. Put, you could put it out there. I mean, he's a pitcher. He they, might he might get hurt. Have yeah, Tommy John next they, year. Who they knows? Did, yeah, you're right. I mean, they did the same thing with Ozzy, right? Where they are like, here's something, and Ozzy needed to take care of his people, and he did. Yeah. Um, so, And Ozzy is definitely worth a hell of a lot more than what the Braves paid him. So, yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, what do you think about this? And then if they don't like it, then wait till next year and figure it out. Yeah. But those three guys that we're talking about, Freed, Swanson, Riley, you've got to lock up. Because so, who, who replaces them? The argument I could make is Riley 100%, Freed 100%. With Dansby, we do have like the stud shortstop prospect. We do. What's his name? Grissom? Is that right? I thought he was on a different... Uh, Vaughn? I think Vaughn Grissom is on a different uh, Let's look organization. Oh, no, you're right. 
Bonds Draft 2019 Atlanta Braves round 11. So Rome Braves, yes, you're right. So you're he's right. supposed to be an absolute stud, but yeah. he's, he's a year or two away. He's he's in uh, high A right now in Augusta. Which is like where, you know, that's where um, Harris was last year. Right, he's he 21. This is his first, um, I think this is his first full season at, at high A. So, But he, he's supposed to be a can't-miss prospect. So no, the, he's been great. The only thing I could see is n- not giving Dansby the huge money, filling in for a year with like, a Trey Turner or someone like that, dude. If if Trey Turner is available, all respect give, to Dansby. Give him a one year, forty million dollar contract, sure. and then bridge the gap to Von Grissom. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That, I would not be upset with that. Yeah. That would also be another way to to stick it to the Dodgers. Yeah. And apparently, Trey Turner does does prefer to play um, on the East Coast. I would love to have Trey Turner. Like like I love Dansby to death, but Trey Turner is is a, has been a historically a better hitter. He's not quite as good a defender, but he's a more versatile player overall. I'm taking Trey Turner every day of the freaking week. Well, over and he's just so good against us. Yes, and that's another thing. We don't have to face him anymore. So be- because we have Grissom a year or two away, I could like you, you can't keep everyone, you know? No, you can't. But I think, yeah, like I agree with you on Freed and Riley. I think they've done enough, especially Freed. Like if you had to power rank them, Freed, Riley, Swanson. Um, Freed, you have to give him whatever he wants. At this point, Riley, lock him up before he gets any better, man. He's going to hit 35 home runs again at least. Your, your um, boy Chip Carey was talking the other night. And, my boy, yeah. And he's not wrong that Riley is like – Arenado's always been like like the best defensive third baseman. Yes. Riley's getting up there now. He's in those conversations. Riley's a solid defender. I don't like Arenado's been – he's almost like a peerless defender at third. He's one of the purest uh, – like he, his range is unreal. I think he's got more range than than Austin does. But Riley ain't no slouch at and third. He's just man. gonna get better. Yeah, and he's still very young. What is he? Twenty six, twenty seven. I don't think he's even that old. Yeah. So it's like his rookie year was twenty nineteen. Right. So I mean, the power we all know about the plate discipline's gotten better. I mean, like I think about it, like you think about the World Series last year, and it's like without Austin Riley, who was consistently fantastic through the whole season, hit over three hundred, damn near four hundred on base, well over five hundred slugging. 30-plus home runs. He was, you know, without him, we don't make the, we, we do not do what we do. Yeah, he, he was the difference maker last year. Yeah, like all season, everyone went through their slumps. Acuna gets hurt. Freddie starts off the season horribly. Uh, you know, Ozuna's arrested and kicked out of the league and all this other shit. It's like there was one guy who was a consistent dude every single day, and that was Austin Riley. He really stepped up. And he's continuing to do that. He's not hitting for as, uh, you know, as big of an average this year, which is okay. But the power's there. Defense is good. On base is good. Like you know, he's done enough to me for me at this point to be like, all right, it's been over a year of you providing consistently good production on both sides of you know at the plate and in the field. Give him his money. You know, Graham. Normally, we do our DraftKings ad between Braves and Hawks. Yes, but I just realized I have like four more Braves topics I want to bring Please. up with you. Oh, you want to take a little break? Let's take a little break. Okay, and get an ad from our friends. At DraftKings. Sounds good. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more this summer. 
Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. So this upcoming week, I'm definitely uh, looking at the Braves again. And um, I got to say, even though the Mets have a solid pitching rotation, you got to look at the four games, especially coming up against the Nationals next week. With um, to wrap up the first half of the season, I'm taking Michael Harris. I'm taking Dansby Swanson. I'm going to throw a little Matt Olson in there. I think those are your three that you should ride, hopefully, to victory in DraftKings. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code TPPN and make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And Adam, we're back to talk more Braves. You know what's been interesting about the format of the show recently, which I've kind of liked? It's been less about getting into the nitty-gritty of games, which we still do sometimes. But we're having more, like, high-concept discussions. Ooh, highbrow. High, yeah, like, it's just more about, like, the general feeling of everything. Yeah, I mean, we're we're not Brad Roland just, like, breaking down every single inning. Right. And I like going into detail about games sometimes, but I feel like recently we haven't been doing that, which I'm, I'm cool with. I mean, I think it's been a nice change of pace. We got we got bigger bigger things to discuss. Mm-hmm. So, like, I got four things on my list right now I want to talk with you right, about. No, it's like the longest break segment since season preview, probably, which I'm not complaining about. Please. Let's talk, about, your senator. let's talk about this pitching rotation we got right now. Okay. Think about last year at this time. Trash. Or playoffs two years ago. We had Max Freed. Also trash. Yeah. And no one else. Yeah. You know? Right. So now our number five starter is Ian Anderson. Yes. You know? Who's definitely struggled this year. Had a decent start against St. Louis this week. But he, he, he has not gotten, you know, I think, I think that last start was a big start for him. Because he has minor league options left, and he has not been doing well. So I think he's bought himself some time. I don't think you bring up – like, I don't see a world where you bring up Kyle Muller for Ian Anderson, like a healthy Ian Anderson either. But know? if he continues to struggle. But he's got, he's got a long leash. Does he? I mean, yeah, I guess, but like – His track record in the playoffs the last two years, that, that gets you – He still struggled some in the postseason last year. I mean, that game I went to against the Dodgers game, too, he was awful. Like, I mean, he's an up-and-down pitcher. I don't think he's trust – like, people are really cluing in on that changeup now. He's got to make an adjustment, I think, as a major league pitcher that he hasn't made yet. He's kind of got to – like, because when Freed came up, Freed was just that curveball. Yeah. You know, and Anderson was the changeup, so yeah. he might have to add something else. He can't rely on that as much as he used to, and I think that's borne out, and people are not chasing that changeup anymore. It's not like it's not threatened in the zone, but it's always, like, his go-to pitch, like, when he gets ahead, and people are, are spitting on it as opposed to chasing it now. So it's right. like, I think – uh, you know, he's walking a lot more people. I think he leads the league in walks or is very close to doing so. So he's got to make an adjustment to stay in the rotation, but he might be on his way to doing so. So I'm not, I'm not ready to give up on him, but I'm also like he's definitely the weak link in the rotation. I'm also willing to admit that I think I was wrong about Charlie Morton being licked. <laughs> you think you were wrong. I think I was wrong. He's had like, ever since I said that, again, I said that early in the year and he sucked until I said it again. And then once I said it again, he must have listened to the show and gotten pissed off and figured out how to pitch. Again, because, man, once again, a great start last night. It was seven innings, seven strikeouts, two runs. Um, he's really cut down his walks, Threw too. One, one hitter to start before that with 10 Ks, one yeah. walk. Yeah, he's he's cutting down the walks. He's striking out more guys. He's getting back to the Charlie Morton. We know he's trusting his stuff. He's not doing this thing that would piss me off throughout the whole year where it was like he'd get ahead of a left-hander, 
and then he'd throw his, his breaking ball and it would hit a guy in the foot. And he would just keep doing stuff like that where he would get ahead in the count, either hit a guy or throw a meatball down the middle and just get smacked. He's not doing that anymore. He's making the adjustment. He's proven that he's still got it. So I'm willing to admit I was wrong that Charlie Morton is not licked. Thank you, Graham. That's very, very grown up of you. I'll also say I was right about Spencer Strider. Should have been moving the rotation. And he has been, and he's been amazing. He has been. I'm still concerned about... How long he can pitch, though. Like, we want this guy in October. We do. I mean, he was talking about the other day on the, the post-game pressers where he was talking What's about. What was he saying? He was like, you know, when you factor in spring training and all this other shit, and he's like, you know, I was probably throwing 150 innings last year if you factor in, like, all this. Like, maybe not in, like, actual, you know, games, but in terms of the amount of, you know, work that my arm put in. You know, he's like, I'm I'm good. Like, like this is – I feel normal. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I haven't – I'm paraphrasing here, but pretty much he's saying that like the workload shouldn't be an issue. Just because it's saying that he hasn't thrown this many innings officially doesn't mean he hasn't logged a similar workload in the past where he has not exceeded that workload, his maximum workload. Um, so he might just be a young guy talking shit because he's doing so well right now. We don't know. You're, you're exactly right. You should be concerned. I think that everybody should be concerned a little bit about this, but he's been so great. We do need him in October. He would be such a massive weapon. Oh, yeah. I say let the, 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 the spinning wheel glide. What did he do? Strike out six of the first seven batters the other night? Like, yeah. He had nine strikeouts through three innings against St. Louis. Literally struck out the side in three innings in a row. Yeah. Finished with 12. So, like, essentially this year we've added, like, Kyle Wright and Spencer Strider are just two bonuses. Yes. You know? It's like, it's like what Austin Riley was last year where we needed this guy. Yes. And now we've, like... Studs. Particularly when Anderson, who's still struggling, and Morton, who was struggling, weren't doing very well. Like, those guys really stepped up. Like, without them, you don't have a very good rotation. But now the rotation is very, very solidified. Yeah. And it's even more solidified with Morton actually holding up his end of the bargain. But, yeah, the rotation is, is in a good spot overall. And yeah. if Anderson can get back to what he was, work on not throwing his changeup as much, that's a deadly rotation. Absolutely deadly. This team's just in a good spot, man. And it's like the other thing I wanted to bring up to you is our, our catching battery. Yes. When have we ever had a catching tandem this good? It's the best. Just think think back no. to last year. What was that dude's name, the backup catcher? Jeff Mathis. No, we, we, we only had him for one game. Like, we cycled through, like, five. No, he, he was there for a little bit. Uh, yeah, there was a number there of guys. Was the dude from the Blue Jays. Stephen Vogt. The ball. No, he was a stud. <laughs> I, I wish we didn't lose him. He, he had a two-home run, run game. No, there was that guy, like, it was, it was from the Blue Jays that everyone on social media hated so much. Oh, he was a guy that was, like, terrible defensively. I can't remember no, his no, name. No. It's yeah, the it was opposite. A- he was terrible offensively. But he called a great game. That's why he was on the team. Oh, I can't remember. We had like eight catchers last year. It was it was obscene. That's just like one of the like intricacies of the game that it's tougher for the common fan like me to like fully appreciate is like these veteran catchers that can't hit worth a lick. Yeah. But, you know, a pitcher doesn't have to shake them off all game. Right. So like that's where like the difference between where Contreras was last year with his defense and his game calling versus this year where like People are comfortable with them. Yeah, I'm. I'm confident in saying it's the best Braves battery of catchers um, ever, but in my lifetime, I think we've had you know better individual performances with like Javi Lopez, Brian well, McCann. McCann, David Ross was strong, not as strong as this. 
offensively. This is much stronger, I would say, even defensively. Mac at that point with Ross wasn't really a great defensive catcher anymore. But Ross could call a game. Ross could call a game. Both sure. of those guys, both like, of those guys could call a game. I'm just talking about like the pure defensive metrics, right? And well, I think that's that's such stuff. a huge like Eric O'Flaherty was talking about this where like when he left the Braves, so and he was around for like the McCann Rossi, mm-hmm. he's like I never had to think. Yeah. Like, so then I go, like, he leaves the Braves, goes to the A's, and, like, all of a sudden he's calling his own games. Right. And, like, and, that like, ju- and he sucked for, like, a couple of years. Right, right. Because he, like, it just doesn't have, like, a veteran catcher that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it takes so much off the pitching staff. But I take, I think they're better, though, than those two because I think there's not really, like, a big weakness in either one of their games. Like, they're both, they both call a great game. They're both stout defensively, and they're both very, very good offensive players. Contreras, you know, could potentially be on the cusp of, of superstardom. Um, maybe not this year, but in the next year or two. And Darno is still very, very good, even though he has. Really, I didn't really realize this. Darno's on base percentage is like three oh five or something. Like it's really disgusting, but he's still doing enough offensively. Um, to obviously warrant playing for Christ's sake, but uh, they're they're both very balanced players. I don't think we've had, you know, when Ross would 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 bat or would catch, it was like you kind of knew you would get a good game defensively. But he was always like never the best offensive player. He had moments, right? Yeah. He, he had moments, but like these guys are consistent. They are consistent in both facets of their game all the time. Like Javi Lopez, Eddie Perez, no way. Don't compare. Like Javi and McCann may be better than either one of those guys. But in terms of like a tandem, this is the best Braves catching yeah. tandem ever, I'd say. Yeah, hopefully hopefully we can all stay healthy throughout the year. That's but the it, thing, it, like, right? We're in, we're, in, we're in a good spot right now. Yeah, it's like that's the thing. Can we can we all stay healthy? Really, the only missing piece right now is getting Ozzy back. Because RC has gone downhill. We knew that was going to happen. Yeah, Phil Gosselin is, you know, he's Phil Gosselin. Making bad base running errors. Yep. Woof. You see him get doubled up the other night? That was bad. Um, but yeah, neither, but one of, all right. neither one of those guys are um, everyday players, and they're doing their best. Yeah. So we just got to ride that out. We hope Ozzy's back in the next month and a half or so. I don't think Anthopolis is going to make a move for a second baseman. I don't oh, think there's a reason to. There's just not many moves to make right now. Yeah. I think like you said you solidify can, your bullpen. That's you really can bring in one do. more arm, bullpen arm, maybe. I said get two more bullpen arms, and you're good. You're ready to, you're ready to rock. Um Unless someone else gets hurt between now and the trade deadline, I don't think you really need to make a make a move. Right. What are your other topics you have? No, we touched them all. We touched them all. Yeah. All right. Well, because we um, put out our last episode the morning of the DeJounte Murray trade, which was hilarious, we got to talk about that, Adam. One of the biggest trades in Atlanta Hawks history occurred last week. I believe it was last Wednesday. Where the uh, the Hawks sent, I think, three first round picks and Danilo Gallinari to the San Antonio Spurs for one to Jonte Murray, who is one of the better defenders in the league. Averages twenty, a little over twenty points a game, like nine assists and uh, eight boards. So he's a, he's a triple uh, triple double threat every night. Really blossomed last year. Last year was his coming out party. Like he had been sort of trending to becoming really good, but he was great last season. All star. Um, this is what we've been asking for since time immemorial with Trey Young. Get him a true complimentary piece, and the Hawks have apparently done that. The only issue is, I believe, Murray is only under contract through this year and next. 
So you get to the point where, you know, you kind of got to make something happen here and prove to Murray that this is the place to stay. But um, apparently he and Trey have been texting a lot and Trey had been trying to get him, you know, over here and be like, hey, man, let's let's do this. Let's let's make a run. So it's exciting. It's really exciting for the Hawks to be like, all right, no more complacency, no more running it back. We are bringing in another stud and uh, let's see what happens. NBA steals leader last year. Grant. He was the NBA steals leader. He's a great defender. You watch his highlight reel. He, he is uh, automatically the best defender on the Hawks. Like there's no comparison. This guy is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know a lot. I mean, I, I haven't watched a lot of Spurs games. I haven't either. You know, I think we, we've both been pretty clear about the fact that we pretty Don't. much only watch Hawks yeah. basketball. Right. But uh, no, it, it seems, you know, very exciting. Like, it's going to make Hawks basketball good to watch again after this shit show that was last yes. year. And, uh, yeah, Trey's got his running mate. I think the plan is for them to have – one of these guys on the floor at all times. Which is huge. And Trey's going to have to play off ball again, which I, he did a lot in college and high school. And, you know, his dad on Twitter says he's very good at it. He's just never been given. We've got to trust the father here. <laughs> he's very objective in his uh, opinion. He's just never been given the opportunity to do it with the Hawks. Well, he did it a couple of times the last year, and it was um, he hasn't moved very well off the ball to me. He's not a guy that is able to – create his own shot off ball and then get the ball and make it happen. Like he is a Trey's strength to me is being able to create his own shot or create opportunities for his teammates. But I think that's just because you've only seen him on this Hawks basketball team when there's no other big playmaker. Like True. That. And and that has to be a factor. But I also worry, like, like we talked about it uh, the last time we talked about the Hawks whenever that was, but I, I have no faith in Nick McMillan right now. I think he's lost this locker room. He's lost Trey Young. What is he going to do to maximize the output for these two? Because our offense, since he has taken over, and really even going back to Lloyd Pierce, a lot of it um, has been guys standing around and waiting for Trey to do something. And when Trey can't do something, the offense falls apart. So what are you doing, Nate? What are you going to do to really and, – and, but at the same time, you look at all the regular season numbers for the Hawks last year. They were like the number two overall offense in the league. But when it comes down to it, it's still not a very good offense in terms of a team offense. And can we create a team offense with this unit, with this new addition, and with Nate McMillan calling the shots? I don't know. We'll just have to see what happens. But he is a guy that I have zero faith in after last year. Well, you know, I'm I'm sure with Trey and Murray and, you know, Kevin Herter as well out there. Kevin Herter gone, my friend. (laughs) What? Yeah, Kevin Herter was also traded. What? Yeah. Oh, man, that's news to me, Graham. I didn't know that. Yeah. Could, can you, you tell been? me what happened there? Yeah, Kevin Herter was traded to the Kings. We got, uh, I think it's, I can't remember, some draft pick. And then we got one. We got of, a first-round pick back. We got a first-round pick. We got Because one. we traded three first-round picks to get Murray. Yes, and we got uh, one of the Holiday brothers. and Two uh, Holiday brothers. We got, well, one of the Holiday brothers was a free agent signing. One of them was in the Sacramento trade. And then we also got Mo Harkless. This is a weird trade to me because I don't know what those guys are really going to provide you at the end of the day. Like, that. Kevin wasn't giving you, and Kevin's a better shooter than both of them. I don't know if they're better defenders than Kevin is, but... Justin is. Justin is a good shooter and a good defensive player. Okay. And I I, I just think Kevin was kind of getting pushed out with with the Murray trade. Yeah. And and it it is about getting a first-round pick back as well. Although with the Kings, though, it's tough because it is protected. It's like lottery protected. Mm -hmm. And the Kings suck. Yeah, so So, there's a chance it turns into two second-round picks, which if that happens, bad value. Yeah, bad value. If we get like a, 
you know, 15 or if they sneak into the playoffs one year, decent value on the trade overall. Yeah, and I understand why someone like Sacramento, who seems to be in a perpetual rebuild, would want a player like Kevin. Kevin's a very solid player. You know, we'll never forget the 27-point effort in Game 7 against Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference semifinals, one of the great all-time Hawks performances postseason or regular season. Uh, I really like Kevin. I think he... You know, like he—he's a young player that has a lot of room to grow, and is and is a very solid, solid professional player. Um, you know, I don't think it, would, it was going to come down probably between him and Bogdanovich, and that's where Bogdanovich came from. He came from Sacramento. Um, he's not going to want to go there. He's also an older player who has more health issues, so the Kings probably didn't want to, didn't really want him. So it was, you know, Herder was the clear uh, guy, I guess, that had to go. But that sucks. At the same time, I really like Kevin, but. Hopefully these new guys fit in. Um, DeLon Wright also signed with somebody else, so he's gone. So was it Aaron or Justin Holliday that's going to be the backup point guard? One of those two. Uh, no, Justin's not a point guard. So it's Aaron's going to be the backup point guard probably. No, I mean, Murray's going to be the backup point guard. Well, Murray's going to be starting though. But they're like when Trey's off the court, Murray, oh, Murray's going to take Murray over. Will be the okay. point guard. Yeah, so that makes They'll sense. They'll kind of stagger their minutes. Yeah, and that'll be interesting too with Murray not really running point as much with the starters. Yeah, it's going to be like what is um, you got to make them both happy. Yes, you do. And it's like what is uh, you know what is Nate going to? How is he going to set that up? How is his rotations? How is his rotations going to look? You know what's going to happen with uh, John Collins? There's still a lot of rumors that John Collins is going to get moved. Um, I think John Johnny Boy's here. I hope he's here, and I hope he's actually utilizing the offense, man. I mean, we forget, right? He shot 40% from three the last two years in the, uh, in the 2020-2021 season. He was, um, you know, average 21-10. I mean, this is a very, very good player who has never really gotten enough usage. It's like, can we maximize him? I don't think we can because of the system that McMillan runs and, like, the refusal to, like, draw up stuff for John Collins. Because I don't know if John Collins can be a superstar. I don't think he can. But I think he can be better than what he is. And he's already a very good player. So I think if we were to get rid of McMillan and bring someone in here who could really get the most out of these players, I don't know who that is, I would, I would be in favor of that. Because Nate ain't getting you nowhere, man. Do you have any justification for keeping Nate McMillan after the bullshit that was last season? Yeah, I think just, I mean, it was one bad year. Yeah, I don't like making rash decisions, Graham. But you saw, you saw how he lost Trey Young. You saw that he would let the Heat go on twenty zero run in the playoff and not realize it was a twenty zero run. He's like, I thought it was twelve, you know, or whatever in the in the press conference. It's like he's not locked in with his team. Yeah, he's trying to set up a play, and Trey Young is not even in the huddle in the last play of the season to save the season. Like you have lost the team, man. If I'm an owner, if I'm Tony Wrestler at that point, I'm like pack your bags and hit the bricks. It's man. a very flawed roster. So like the kicker this year is. Is DeAndre Hunter going to be the what twenty twenty version of DeAndre Hunter? Mm-hmm. What I think it's kind of intriguing to me by trading Gallinari, that opens up legitimate backup power forward minutes for Jalen Johnson. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Okay. And that's something we got to consider too, because like when he got opportunities last year, he was pretty damn good. So yeah. it, it's certainly you know I think it's going to be it's kind of like with the Falcons this year, like young lot roster like intriguing things to watch like running it back with the hawks that was boring yeah and didn't work it did not work at, at all. all now we got all these different like key pieces mixed in yeah i think the difference also with the hawks and the falcons is that the hawks actually now have two superstar players as opposed to the falcons have sure one the hawks, great the hawks need to be a top four they do seed in the east absolutely 
The Falcons. It's a disappointment if they're not. Yeah, the Falcons, you hope they win six games. The the, the Hawks, you hope they can make a playoff run. Yeah. But, uh, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. And there's a lot of young talent on this team. I mean, we forget about like guys um, like Skyler Mays. I don't think he's currently on the roster. Not Skyler Mays. Who am I thinking of? Sharif Cooper. Sharif Cooper. Yes. Sorry. Um, who, when he did get opportunities last year, was you know like a deer in headlights, but seems to have like a lot of talent. He's going to keep growing down there. There's no rush to bring him up yet, but you know he he could potentially be someone who can make an impact too. Like there's there's a lot of like on Yekon Kongwu. His progression, you know, we all love Double O. Um, also, keep in mind, last year uh, Capella was not healthy. Like the last two off seasons, really, he had like some sort of off season surgery. But this year, like he's good to go. Mm-hmm. Like he's looking very strong already, apparently. Good. And uh, yeah. so, if, if he can hit the r- ground running with Okongwu as his backup, uh, you got Okongwu, you got Bogdanovich. Like it's going to be a strong second unit. Yeah, hopefully by Jalen Johnson. Yeah. Deshante Murray is your point guard, right? right. Who, who's your who's your starting five right now? Uh, Trey Murray, Hunter, John Collins, Capella. Yeah, that's strong. Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Bogey's probably still first off the bench. Yeah, and that was another thing too. Like you're talking about uh, um, Capella not having a normal off season, but you know Bogdanovich went through the same thing last year. Yeah. You know, he had major foot surgery. Hopefully he can just come in and be healthy. And we saw in that Miami series, man, he's still capable of, of filling the bucket when he uh, gets hot. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I expect, you know, like last year, I think we were like, we were like the Hawks front office. We were in love with what they did in the playoff run uh, in 2021. And when that 2021, 2022 season started, we were like, they got to at least, you know, Eastern conference finals. Hopefully they get to the finals. And this is a true title contender. And they just sucked all year. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to really temper my expectations a little bit and not get too, like, over the moon about anything. But making a move like this sends a message to the fan base that we are really trying to win. It sends a message to Trey Young that we are really trying to win. And it's got to get you excited um, to, to, to have this happen. And, you know, more moves could be made. Um, there's talk about DeAndre Ayton, which I don't see how he really fits unless you get really Capella. But, you know, there's there's a lot of... Rumors out there, some more fluid than others, um, about more adjustments this Hawks roster can make. A lot of people like uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, probably the top you know scoop guy in the NBA in terms of uh, in, in terms of being a media person, has been saying Hawks aren't done. So more stuff could definitely happen. I'm sure once we release this podcast, we'll make a huge blockbuster trade and be out of date again. But you know, that's the game we play. The way of the road, Graham. The yes. way of the road. I think that's it, though. Yeah. yeah. I think no. we, we, t- we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about a lot of stuff. We owed you guys kind of a supersized episode. So here it is. Yep. Hope you've enjoyed. Um, we will see you next week. And, uh, yeah, hope you guys are doing well. Go Braves. Um, until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer. They remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.